The scripture lesson this morning is from the Gospel of John, John 6, verses 25 through 35. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, as we gather here this morning and we hear your word read, we pray, Lord, that you would instill within us your wisdom so that we would know what you are trying to say to us about our living today. So speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. Jesus had just fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. His disciples were tired. They really didn't want to be around a crowd. John the Baptist had been arrested and killed. They probably wondered if they would be next. So after feeding the crowd, Jesus took his friends in a boat across the Sea of Galilee so they could rest. Ah, Finally, rest would come, thought the disciples. The people had been fed. The crowd had dispersed. They were on their way to a little retreat across the lake. But that was not to be this day. The people followed them. In fact, they had arrived on the other side of the lake before Jesus and his disciples got there. They had been fed with bread, but they were still hungry, hungry for Jesus. So, Jesus used their hunger to teach them an important lesson. He told them, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. In other words, he was probably recalling how Moses told the Israelites in the wilderness, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the, word, from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus wanted the people to know there's something more important at stake than an empty stomach and the bread that fills it. The people who had come to see Jesus started thinking about bread that is truly special. They recalled how Moses gave the Hebrew people manna in the wilderness. 
But Jesus interrupted their thinking. He told them that it wasn't Moses who gave them bread, it was God. Real bread for living comes from God, not from people. The bread that fills our spiritual hunger is a God-given substance. It's more than flour and water and wheat. No wonder the people cried out, Sir, give us this bread always. That's when Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. These are the words that give meaning to the miracle of the feeding of 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. These are the words that give meaning to the Last Supper. Now here's the rub. Bread is worthless until it's broken. The five loaves had to be broken to be multiplied. The body of Jesus had to be broken on the cross to save the world, to reveal the fullness of God's forgiveness and love. On the road to Emmaus, Jesus walked for miles with two of his followers, but they didn't even know it was their Lord. That is, they didn't know until he sat at the table in their home and broke bread with them. Only then did they recognize him. You see, Jesus is revealed in broken bread and in the brokenness of life itself. The truth is, brokenness is one of the most important ways we connect with God. When Jacob found himself all alone in the middle of the night, running from his wife's brothers whom he had cheated and getting ready to face the anger of his older brother Esau, from whom he had stolen a birthright, he was forced to wrestle with God. And in that struggle, he broke his hip. It was in that brokenness of body and spirit that Jacob came to know God. He was changed, no longer the same. So God gave him a new name, Israel, which means you have struggled with God and have prevailed. Brokenness is about struggle. It's about pain. It's about coming to terms with our humanity, our, our sinfulness, our need for God. When Gideon led his band of 300 Israelites against that huge Midianite camp, the book of Judges in chapter 7 says that God told his soldiers to surround the camp and carry nothing but a trumpet, a jar, and a torch. At his command, the men were to blow the trumpets, raise their voices in a great cry, and break the jars, revealing the light hidden inside. Their enemies, who numbered like the sand on the seashore, were so surprised and confused that they ran away in terror. Three hundred of God's soldiers defeated thousands of their enemies simply by breaking jars. If they had not broken the pottery, the light of God would never have been revealed. The psalmist wrote, You have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. That's Psalm 51. We cannot truly come to God in our strength. We must come in our weakness, in our brokenness. Only then will the light of God's powerful love shine through. 
And it is Christ's brokenness that unites us with him and with each other. In his brokenness, we see ourselves and we see the brokenness of our neighbors. When we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, to be broken, we can then and only then allow others to respond to our needs and help to heal our wounds. When we recognize the brokenness in our own lives, then we can see the brokenness, the the hurt, the pain we find in the lives of others. If your heart is unbreakable, then it will never learn to love. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. What he meant was, here, feed on me. Touch my wounds. See my brokenness. Know that I have done this for you. Every time we raise the bread in Holy Communion and repeat the words of Jesus, this is my body broken for you. We acknowledge that brokenness is the way of Christ. It's the way of real life. The Apostle Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. That's 2 Corinthians 4.7. Jars of clay, easily broken. That's who we are. That's what makes us human. That's what makes us children of God. The real treasure is what's inside. The real treasure is allowing God to fill us with the love of Christ, to feed us with God's mercy, so we can feed others with that same measure of God's grace. Don't you see? It's the broken bread that makes us one, one with God and one with each other. No amount of wheat will ever fill our lives like God's redeeming grace. The broken bread makes us one. Praise be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, forgive us for trying to protect ourselves from being broken. Forgive us for thinking that we can fill our lives with meaning without being hurt. You have shown us how to live and how to love. You have broken your heart for us. Fill us, O Lord, with your love. Amen.